Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, September 21, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We're going to take a look around the horn at a variety of different charts because not all the charts are singing the same song. They're not all singing from the same sheet of music. The big picture, we have Kabuki Theater, will culminate tomorrow, Wednesday afternoon, with a Fed interest rate decision, some commentary, a press conference, all wrapped up with a bow on top, is called Kabuki Theater. First thing we're going to do is start with the big picture in terms of the charts, and the daily chart is our big picture. We've obviously got weekly and monthlies, however, we use the daily each and every day to keep a handle from day to day. So what do we have on the daily chart? Well, let's look at it a couple of different ways. First of all, yesterday, they made a tail candle, put in a pseudo-doji candle. Okay, fair enough. They started to go higher this morning, but they ended up failing. Or, we can also say, they're in the process of a garden variety retracement. Now, the cleaner thing to do would have been to go down right away, about halfway, maybe a little bit more, halfway down the tail candle, and then reverse and go back in the other direction. But we also have the awareness who's running the show. It's the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. So they're not going to make things that easy. For example, it goes both ways. Yesterday, they put in a tail candle. Could you just buy yesterday, assuming they're going to run up and fill the gap? Normally, that happens. In an uptrend, it happens all the time. Using the 80-20 rule, 80% of the time, maybe 85% of the time, maybe 77.9% of the time, it's going to happen out of 100 that way. But then there's the other side. Are we in or did we enter the other side of the Rubicon, where all of a sudden, Instead of a garden variety retracement of yesterday's tail, we wake up to a gap down tomorrow. And remember, tomorrow is the important day. Not only is it Kabuki Theater, the culmination of the Fed meeting and all that stuff, but it's an important day from a cycle perspective. We've been talking for a long time already about trading up or down into the 22nd. Could be the 21st. Could be the 23rd, but it's really the 22nd. Does that mean a lower low? Or does that mean trading down into the 22nd with a garden variety retracement from yesterday's tail candle, and then they put in a low, turn around, and go up from there? We don't know yet, but these are the things inside my head. Dangerous place to be. Sidebar. Let's do a couple of what-ifs. The just-in-case crew. What if they're gapping lower tomorrow at the open? What if they're below yesterday's low? Where are they headed? We're going to call it 425 and a half. Could be 425, could be 424.92, could be 426, could be 425.87. In that neighborhood is where they'd be headed. Why is that? Well, if you can't see it already, we're going to point out a couple of things. Let's get out an arrow tool. They're cool to use. We have a breakup candle low. That's item number one. We also have a garden variety 
area where they ran up to, got rejected from, got back there, broke out, came back to retest. They're coming back again. We have a breakup candle low. Is that going to be still good? Or was the one test the only test and it's not going to succeed the next time down will fail? We don't know yet, but these are the things that I'm looking at. We narrow this kind of stuff down to the numbers in the pre-market activity for inside the number members. So if they are gapping down tomorrow, inside the number members will certainly have a beat on the numbers. There's a secondary number in the just-in-case camp, 423.30, give or take a few cents on either side. In fact, if in fact they're going below 425, that would be the next spot of interest. Remember, this is in the just-in-case camp. Do we expect a big move pre-Fed? Well, we could have a big move down pre-Fed, but it's unlikely we have a big move up pre-Fed. They can have a big move up after the Fed. Is that what a lot of traders, investors, slash people around the markets are expecting? Are they expecting the Fed to once again goose the market? Will the Fed do that? Or will they fail to do that? Will that ultimately send the market lower? Have we seen a change in trend? Have we seen a change in character, which means it's a change in how the market acts and reacts to the normal, no news is good news, bad news is good news, good news is good news. That's not going to always be the case. We have to be aware of this. These are all awarenesses. They're like puzzle pieces on the table. We just haven't really put them together yet. We're kind of setting the table leading into tomorrow. It could be a wild day. It could be down big. It could be up big later. We have no idea. Be prepared. Expect the unexpected. Let's not forget, and I'm fully aware of the built-in excuse, which is the whole Chinese real estate thing, financial thing, whatever's going on over there with a potential Lehman-type event that they've got brewing over there, quote-unquote, so they say. This is linked to the Evergrande crisis, as they call it. Now, we don't know whether that is or is not something to pay attention to, but what we do know is that if the market is down and they don't have another excuse, that's a convenient one. They're going to bring it back around. 240 chart, just to make mention of what we're looking at from a 30,000-foot view perspective, we have also a tail candle like we do on the daily. It's a different type of candle. However, it's still a bullish candle nonetheless. They put in a low. They rallied off the low. They closed near the high. That's a bullish move. doesn't matter whether it fails later. It's classified at the time as a bullish move. So it goes into the, that kind of candle is bullish the majority of the time using the 80-20 rule. Walks like a duck talks like a duck, it's generally speaking going to be a duck. We approach the markets with common sense and logic. Are they failing or could they just be running a retest of that candle? It could be both and we don't know yet, but again, these are the things inside my head. When things are unclear, we're going to get a lot of conflicting data. When things begin to clear up, it looks like a certain thing, 
it's generally speaking going to be a certain thing. What about the 120 chart? What do we have here? Well, we have an entirely different picture on the 120 chart. And it's not entirely different. It's just different from the standpoint of there's a pretty good case that we could build right here that they could go and run down and test a breakup candle low. Where's that low? About 430.73, 431, somewhere in that neighborhood. Little below, little above, in the general vicinity. So guess what? That's in shorter term sense, that's in the bear camp. That would mean that likely speaking, before the Fed, they're going to be down in that area paying a visit slash running a test of 431, give or take. That's information that you might want to put on a sticky note. What do we have on the hourly chart? Below all the moving averages, they're sloping down, they're contained by the 20 period moving average. However, we have to see both sides. We play the umpire calling balls and strikes. And why can't this be a bullish, flaggish kind of move that's not necessarily ready to release the energy in the upward direction? And by the way, what would the upward direction accomplish? They would accomplish filling the gap. All in all, is it likely or unlikely that this gap doesn't get filled, the trapdoor opens, they trade away and never look back? That's in the unlikely camp. It can happen. Anything can happen. But it's likely that they're going to fight back to fill the gap. They're going to make it look like they won't, but then ultimately they end up doing the thing that it looks like they're not going to do. That's the way the market works. That's the design. That's the schematic that the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew uses. What's on the other side of that bullish, flaggish thing we just drew? How about the same breakup candle low, different chart, same price. The low is 430.73. We'll call it 431, give or take. Guess what? Pretty good case that if, in fact, this isn't a bullish pattern that will immediately go to the upside before the Fed announcement, then the odds-on that they're going to be running a test of 431. Now I can see it or make a case for it, at least, on two separate charts. Third time's a charm. Why don't we pull out the 30-minute chart? You have another breakup candle low, same price. You can see both things. It's pretty obvious. I can see this and I can say, look what they're doing. And if I draw it like this, you can clearly see, and it looks like, hey, why not go like this? But what happens if they break below the low, this channel low, right? This is a channel. If they break below the channel, then they're going to be headed for the breakup candle low, 431, slightly below, slightly above. And by the way, if, and it's a big if, but if that doesn't hold, then the floodgates are going to open for the lows and lower, and we're talking about those lower numbers we discussed before. Again, you have to be the umpire calling balls and strikes. If they, in fact, did make a trend change yesterday, and what I mean by that is we did the lower low thing instead of the higher low. That being the case, sure, they can try to rally back up, they can fill the gap, they can hit the moving averages, all that stuff. But from this point forward, the expectation is, my expectation is, they will not make a new high. And once they do rally, they will fail, they will come down lower, and it will be game on because they did breach Irene. Awareness. 
it's hard to kill a bull. They're going to make it look like the bears are wrong over and over and over again. That's the design. That's the way the market works. Also, food for thought. I've mentioned this before, but not in a very, very long time. The media has a role to play. Their job is to be bullish. Why is that their job? Because if they're bearish, people turn off the TV. They turn the channel. They don't want to see bearish news. Doesn't feel good. Means that my 401k is going down. Means that I can't invest. It means that I shouldn't. Means I should take money off the table. Means I'm going to lose money. All those things are negative thoughts. Our mind is designed. Our psyche is designed to repel those negative thoughts. So ultimately, and the easy thing to do is, we just change the channel. I don't want to hear about it. The market will turn in a couple of days. Let me go and focus on something else. Well, the media's job, and this is the hosts on TV and all the guests, they all know this. They sell advertising. That's the way they take home a paycheck. If the advertisers flee because you and I turn the channel, they don't get a paycheck. You see how all this works? They're always going to look for an excuse to be bullish. It doesn't make them right or wrong one way or the other. You just have to be aware of what they're doing. I don't care what they say. If I'm listening at all, it's for two things. It's for material for these videos or entertainment. Let's check out inside the numbers. We'll run through the commentary. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. I'm going to highlight a couple of important things, but you'll be able to read the rest, pause the video, go back and forth, double check the work. I urge you to do that. Check me on the numbers. It's turnaround Tuesday. They certainly had a turnaround in the overnight session, poised for a gap up, looked like they were going to get a continuation rally from yesterday's late day rally. We're talking dead cat bounce, relief, or another recocking of the weapon just like before. Again, that's the look, that's the prevailing wisdom. Our awareness is that they've done something they haven't done in a very, very long time. In our mind, in my mind anyway, they've changed trend. So therefore, we're going to start seeing things out of the norm, out of the norm of what we used to see over and over and over again when the trend is continuously going up, and the buy-the-dip crowd is rewarded every single time. If the trend has changed, things will change. So in the early thoughts, we mentioned the gap that's way up north. Not that they were going to fill it right away, but these are the early thoughts. We have to put stuff out on the table right here. It's not exactly a chip shot away in the pre-market. An important spot we had was 436.56. That was yesterday's high. Opening above tells you one thing under normal garden variety conditions. Opening below was opening the door for a test of a lower number. Let me scroll up a little bit so you can see the remainder of the early thoughts. You know the routine, only here's a 15-minute chart right at the vertical is today's activity, but I want you to get a sense for that number and the importance and what happened. So here's the opening print. Open the day, 436.54, Yesterday's high, 436.56, opened two pennies below, and you can see what happened. While they did try to rally back and get above it, ultimately, that was the spot. That was a failure. They couldn't do it. That was an important number that we identified at zero dark 30 in the morning. You have to be able to know your numbers, 
read the tape, understand what they're likely doing in the pre-market that tells you what they're likely going to do around the open. It gives you important stuff, and you also have to look at stuff that other people aren't looking at. Case in point, let's move along. I want to show you something that's pretty neat. So here at 8.55, funny how this works. Here's a picture of the futures hourly chart. They ran a test of a breakup candle low and bounced. You can see it here vaguely, but I'm going to bring up the chart in a moment. Whether it holds in the end is another thing. Futures, ETFs, stocks, bonds, whatever, all charts act and react the same way. So here's the focus. The arrow's pointing to a breakup candle low. It's in the overnight activity, but again, it doesn't matter when it is. All charts act and react the same way. So they're stair-stepping higher, but what if they stop doing the thing that they normally do and they get below this breakup candle low on an hourly close? Well, guess what? That's not bullish, but bearish. So it's something that I'm paying attention to in the pre-market. I don't know how many other traders are. All right, let's get our faculties. Here's a picture. Here's the actual ES chart. Here's the candle. It's 4 a.m. in the morning. The breakup candle low is 43.69 and a quarter, and it's pretty obvious. You can see what happened. I'll just throw a line in around that area, and there it is. Once they got below and they closed below, look what happened. Here's a pit session chart. There's the exact price, 43.69.25, and guess what? Isn't that the same price we just looked at? where we were talking about the high of day in the SPY, isn't that the same spot? How you doing? This is where you scratch your head, you say, holy shit, this is unbelievable. Here's the SPY chart, there's that price, same chart, same price, pretty incredible stuff. Now, if you're intrigued by this stuff, and you like the number stuff, then you're fascinated by that. If you're not, then you're thinking, what the hell is he talking about? All right, let's move it along. Again, this is at 8.55. The market's not even open yet. And we didn't know it at the time, but we had the actual price that mattered today before the market opened, lock, stock, and barrel. So let me scroll up a little bit. You pause the video and read the notes, go back to the charts, double-check the work. 9.21. They ran a test and a spike of 4.35. Traders willing to take on some early risk may do so for a bounce back to at least retest yesterday's high and likely higher at some point. The risk of the trade is a failure at 435, and if they start closing candles below, opens a door for a larger move down, which can be below 434, yada, yada, yada. There can be more, we just don't know it until we see it. So we've got a caveat emptor up here. It's an early trade, it's a higher risk trade, it's aggressive traders. 435 is an important spot. Here's another picture, five-minute chart, right of the vertical, today's activity. 435 is your spot. They come into it slightly below. If you pick them up, they bounce. They give you seven, eight, six, nine S&P handles, depending on where you get in the trade. So yeah, it was a good trade, but they never went anywhere. They basically went sideways after that, eight time off the clock, created what? Isn't this the exact opposite of what we just discussed, the possibility a few minutes ago? Here's a move down. Here's a bearish, flaggish thing. And guess what? They release the energy in the next or southern direction. The next move was down. It was what we call a continuation move. That's the mirror image 
of what we just discussed that's possible, not necessarily probable, but possible on some of the charts we looked at earlier. All charts act and react the same way. And then guess what? This is for traders that have taken the lazy e-mini trader course. Look at this five-minute chart, and guess what? They bottomed on time. Again, how you doing? Let's continue on. We haven't even got to the market open yet. So here's the way I was going to play it, or I was playing it, but they never got to 434 on the initial push. I'm a buyer of 435, also 434. So think of it like stocks on the move. So I'm willing to buy half at 435, half at 434. Nothing wrong with that. It's a dollar apart on a $435 stock. Pretty reasonable risk-reward opportunity. On a trade like this, I do it with the ES Futures. Some traders use exchange-traded products that are leveraged. Some use the intra-week or weekly options. You can buy the SPY itself if you have a big enough account. There's a multitude of ways to skin a cat. Getting above yesterday's high should allow the bulls back on track, tack on another leg higher. And for the record, GIS is close to a base hit, but found resistance at the fat round number. Common and normal. I'm still holding it. Just a little tidbit. That worked out to be the correct move will circle back to stocks on the move. Looking for a shakeout operation at this point in time down to 435. Nice trade on Geis. Let's say they push higher. They didn't really do so. We don't have to worry about that one. You also have to have all the information at your fingertips. You don't know which way they're going to go in 15 minutes, but you need to know the numbers on both sides of the market in case they make a move that creates an opportunity or begin to make a move that creates an opportunity. If I can see they're going to a number and there's enough left in the trade, well, we say if they stay above X, they're going to go to Y. Some traders are happy to pick up the SPY or one of the equivalents, and they're happy to take the ride. There's nothing wrong with that. It may not be for everybody, but it certainly is for some traders. Traders that found themselves buying the SPY need to take profit along the way, yada, yada. We looked at the thing before. We talked about it. We don't have to rehash the trade. I'm going to scroll up a little bit, read the notes, pause the video, go back to the charts to double check the work. They ended up getting into a chop shop formation. They went up, they went down, they went back and forth all day long. We looked at the chart and you saw the whole thing. They went in a channel back and forth all day long, creating the appearance, at least by close today, of the bottom end of the channel, but it's a channel nonetheless, potentially for a bullish flaggish thing. So when you think about that, that was a chop shop formation all day long. So what I'm going to do is just scroll up, pause the video, read the notes, check the numbers, go back to the charts, double check the work, see if I'm bonkers, see if I'm right, see where I'm wrong, the whole nine yards, the whole ball of wax, the entire kitten caboodle. Again, we're almost at the notes then what we're going to do is circle back to stocks on the move. We started the day with three opportunities on the board. We finished with four. One was a latecomer. It was AA, but it did not hit its number. It's off the board, as is Lennar. However, the two that did, we'll take a look at the charts. Geis and Uber. And we're going to learn something on both. Remember, we look at the good, the bad, and the fugly. Let's look at General Mills or Geis first. Why? Because it was an easy trade. It was getting a haircut at the open. Here's where they closed yesterday. 
58-75, buzz cut, 57-60, on the board, Brighton early. And I think this was the first one on the board. I think I put this one on the board like 5.45 in the morning. Saw it immediately. It was a lick your chops number. So what happened? They come in, they go a few pennies lower. The low in this candle was 57.53, so they went lower by 7 cents. Funny how that worked. Then minutes later, the high is 58.48. Nice Jack the Ripper. Traders get to take profit along the way. They take the base hit. They put it in their pocket. The rest is trader's choice. They came back to run a test of the same spot. That tells you, once they bounce off it again, that number is uber important. You have the initial test. Then you have the retest. If they pass the retest, you're in business. How about Uber? And why are we looking at an hourly chart with Uber? 43.70, looks like it didn't work, blew through it like a hot knife through butter. Not so fast. There's a method to the madness. Hold your horses. Check this out and tell me the numbers aren't important. So Uber's gapping up. They're in the news, all that stuff. And they make a high here of what? 43.69 and they pull back. They do the deal. So the trade at that number is immediately off the table. But look what they do again. They did the same thing. 43.69, pull back. Who's taken the trade at 43.70 after they came up a penny short and did the deal twice? And the short answer is nobody. And the long answer is it better be nobody. When you look at a 15-minute chart, what did they do? They ran up, they ate time off the clock, and then they busted above. We look at this stuff all the time. All charts act and react the same way. Doesn't matter whether it's the SPY, crude oil, Uber, or Bitcoin. So there's your takeaway. When they come up short and do the deal, that's it. The trade's done. It's off the table. It's a no trade. We go over this all the time. What about Camp IWM? Do we have anything new to add? Is there anything different here that's not seen in the SPY. SPY bounced off and stayed above so far the 100 period moving average. The IWM has given up all the moving averages and is now at resistance under the 200 period moving average. It's not to say they can't bounce back over at least one or two of the moving averages, but they're below. And when you compare and contrast the two charts, they're not in the same position although they look similar. The IWM is in a weaker position against the SPY. What about the folks down at the transportation department? And by the way, please note, the IWM is my number one favorite market leading indicator. The transports are my number two favorite market leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine. These two indices are below all their moving averages in a different position than the majority of other indices or sectors or charts that represent large swaths of the market. Swath. Write that down. No change from yesterday's discussion about the transports. Smash mouth. Same look on the chart. Same routine. Same discussion. Slightly stronger than some. Not as strong as others. In the stronger quadrant, if you will, of indices or sectors or swaths of the market. For now, we're going to call 255, give or take, the last line of defense. If they give up 255, I think there's a real problem brewing 
in the SMH or Smash Mouth for the bull case, they really have to stay on top of this moving average and yesterday's low, the 50-period moving average and yesterday's low. If they do, they can rally up to run into the gap. They get above the 20-period moving average, back to trying to make new highs. That's just the way it's going to work. If they pull the rug out and they get below yesterday's low, it's 255, and that's really your line in the sand. That could be Irene's little cousin. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. True, accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.